What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? I saw that question recently and kind of comes to mind as we're reminded uh, daily those that we know and love and have had touch points in our lives that they pass on, especially very unexpectedly. And so this week, a gentleman, I photographed his wedding and he was pretty well known in our community, Mr. Eddie Porter. He passed away after having, I guess, a stroke. And um, I just was reminded of that question. How do you want to be remembered when you're gone? So I start this morning's message with that um, as we continue in our series of going deeper. We're in our fifth week of the original series. We kind of took a detour for two weeks and went kind of deeper and saw the reason for going deeper in the Psalms that the psalmist really just got raw and real before the Lord. That's what he calls us to do. And so thus far in this series, we've talked about going deeper in our relationships. We've said that Jesus is more than a resolution He is a relationship. You think about it. We're almost towards the end of February. There are many people who made resolutions at the beginning of the year. And if you were to go back and revisit them and say, how are those resolutions doing? They're probably non-existent. Amen? They've gone by the wayside. But Jesus is not merely a resolution. He is a relationship. That we should desire to go deeper with him and deeper with others. We talked about going deeper in prayer, that we're just to have a little talk with Jesus. We, we also mentioned that we're to go deeper in our Bible study and reading. And we said that the way you treat your Bible is the way you treat Jesus. And last week we talked about we're to go deeper in our giving. We said that we're to give cheerfully, we're to give regularly, we're to give generously, we're to give quietly, and we're to give expecting nothing in return. And I will also remind you as we continue in this series and just remind you this of life in general, that there are no shortcuts to deeper relationships, to a deeper prayer life, to having a deeper understanding of God's Word and, and giving and going deeper in our giving. So this week, let's look at going deeper in our service to God and others. You see, friends, we are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. There's a song by Matthew West. I've, I've referenced it before in other messages. It's called Do Something. And that song came to mind as as I was going to preach and teach on going deeper in our service to God and to others. Listen to what Matthew West says. He says, I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble now, thought, how'd we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven and I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. You see, the Lord put you here 
regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, the Lord put you here on earth for such a time as this. And he has an assignment, and he wants you to use your gifts and your talents to make a difference for him in this world. That song, Do Something, I, in just a few moments, it will post on our Facebook page. Go back and, and go to Bible Fellowship's Facebook page and just listen to that song. Be encouraged, but be challenged that we are called to do something. So I want to ask you, what do we know about serving? What do we know about serving? Well, last week's bulletin would give you a little indication of how we're to serve. There was a little nugget of wisdom, a little uh, scripture verse and uh, picture that was in there. And it referenced Galatians 5.13. So if you'll take your copy of God's Word, turn over to the New Testament, uh, turn past the Gospels, and get over into First and Second Corinthians. The next book that you'll find after Second Corinthians is Galatians. And we want to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verse 13. And also, as we have been in this entire series, I want you to... We're going to turn to several passages in the, in the Bible. But I want us to see what God's Word says about ser- serving. So Galatians 5.13 says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You see, we are called to serve and to love one another. What do we know about serving in the Old Testament? Samuel tells us, only fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. I want you to turn over to the Old Testament. I want you to turn to the book of Joshua. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then Joshua. It's the sixth book of the Bible. And if you will turn over there to Joshua, and we're going to be in Joshua chapter 22. We'll be in Joshua chapter 22. When you found your place, say amen. Still, some of you are still awake. I appreciate that. Joshua chapter 22. I want us to look at verse 5. Joshua tells the people, he says... Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Wow, what a great reminder from Joshua this morning that we're to cling to the Lord. We sang that this morning. He is our rock. In the time of a storm, He is our rock. He is our refuge. We're to cling to Him, but we're to serve Him with all our heart and with all our soul. Turn back with me over to the New Testament. Matthew, then Mark, 
We want to look at Mark's gospel, and we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Matthew and Mark kind of give us a picture of something you've heard probably before that I want to just remind you of this morning. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, we're going to look at verse 45. And listen to the words that Jesus tells the people. He says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. So if we're to model our lives after the Lord Jesus, right there in Matthew's gospel and in Mark's gospel, we're to be servant-minded. Now, one more passage I want us to look at this morning. Turn over to the book of Romans. So flip to the right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Then you'll find Romans. And we're going to be in Romans chapter 7. And as I was studying and I was reading about serving, I ran across this verse. And I want to read it to you this morning. And I want to make a few points about it. Romans chapter 7, Paul is writing to the church at Rome. And he says this, he says, Likewise, my brothers, starting in verse 4, chapter 7, verse 4. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law, say law, through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another. To him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions arise by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. Verse 6. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. See, sometimes there are concepts in the Bible that you can't just boil down in a nugget of wisdom, amen? There are things that you study, and the law is one of those. And so as we think about the law, they're basically the commandments. They're God's rules for his people. But they're also, the law is also those rules made by man. And remember, the Pharisees tried to trip up Jesus in, in front of the people, and, he, and they said, you know, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, what? To love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor also. So to love God and to love others. But isn't it interesting, as we talked about with the, the worship team this morning, as we were preparing, only God can do certain things, amen? Only God can align things. And so as I was like, how, how am I going to explain the law? And, and what about the law? And then I come in this morning and I'm reminded what our question for this morning was, what does the law of God require? And it's simply what God forbids should never be done and what God commands should always be done. That's our challenge, But throughout Scripture, we're called to a life 
of service. Now, I want you to notice something in Romans. Turn back to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. What do you notice here? As Paul is opening his letter to the church at Rome, he says, Paul, a servant, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be apostles, set apart for the gospel of God. Paul, a servant. The original Greek word there is doulos. It's a bond servant. It's a slave. And this would have been preposterous in his time that Paul, a free man, is going to stand and say, I am a slave of God. But again and again, the writers of the New Testament begin their letters with saying that I am a servant. James opens his letter as such. Peter does. Jude does. That they're all servants. You see, friends, Jesus gave us what we didn't deserve. A bill paid in full on the cross, right? You and I cannot earn our salvation. The only thing that we deserve is death. And so Jesus took the payment for our sin, for my sin, for your sin, for the person next to you, for their sin. And he paid it in full on the cross. So Jesus gave us what we didn't deserve. The least we can do is serve and to share his love with others. Amen? We're called to a life of service. We're called to a life of loving and serving others. And I want to ask you this morning, when was the last time you contributed in a small way versus just consumed? When was the last time that you contributed in some small way versus just being a consumer? Friends, we live in an interesting time. Amen? We live in a time to where people are visiting, and and this happened since I've been here in the second Sunday in June. People will visit the church And they come in the door with a menu, with a checklist. And they say, well, I'm not going to come to this church unless I can... Do they have a good children's ministry? Uh, Do they have something for senior adults? Do they have something for married couples? Uh, What else do I need? You know, I need them to have good child care. I need them to come see me in the hospital. I need them to do... You know, they come in with this checklist. They come in with this menu. And the best way I heard it put is, friends, you need to put down the menu and pick up the shovel. Right? Put down the shopping cart. Put down the menu and pick up the shovel. Help build the kingdom of God. Now, those that are far from God, they don't realize that. Amen? And we do need to have things that we... uh, can help them grow, to help them to take next steps, right? We do need to be fully featured, uh, fully uh, mindful of the whole family. You know, we we have to have things. As as we've been teaching and talking and preaching and, and discussing, you know, if we had an influx and we have one time where we have a whole family full of children, well, what are we going to do with them, right? We have to have a plan in place. 
doesn't mean that we have to actually execute it right away, but what are we going to do if that happens? And so we have to begin to pray and to think through that. That's why these up, this upcoming brainstorming session is important. Because we, are, we have limited resources, amen? We only have so much money and we only have so much time. And so as a church... Where do we want to throw all of our efforts? Where do we want to throw, where do we want to put some of our money? Where do we want to put our time and our talent and our resources? Where do we want to put that? And you know, here's the thing that we need to realize, friends, is that we've got to be, when, it says in Acts, Acts chapter 2, go and read it. You know, when the first church came together, they were of one. That doesn't mean that they were all the same, but guess what? They were unified in their vision for reaching and teaching those that God placed in their path. Amen? So that's what we need to be about is, is we're doing some of these, having some of these discussions and having some of these, um, these brainstorming sessions so that we can look and say, okay, God, what's on our hearts and minds? And, 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 and where do we need to spend our time and our, and our efforts and our energy? So there has to be a shift from being... A consumer to a contributor. Now, friends, as you'll hear me say next week, there are times where you do need to consume, that you do need to be taught, that you do need to be poured into. But there comes a time to where how full does your cup, how full does your bucket need to be before you begin sharing that with other people? Amen? As we come to church on Sunday morning, that's what it should really be about, is maybe you did have to pour out this week, and you had to come alongside of another sister or brother in Christ, and you had to be there so that they could cry on your shoulder. And, and that, that just was exhausting, because you don't understand why they're going through what they're going through. right? But you gave because the Lord provided for you in a time that you were in a bad situation. And so you come back on Sunday morning, why? To get encouraged for your cup to be filled to, rem- to remind you that you're to be a servant. That you're to put others before self. As I think about being a contributor, I begin to take notes. And these are in no particular order. These are in no particular order. But I want to talk to you about being a contributor. And here are a few people in our church that came to mind. Kendall, my wife, she leads with Terry. She leads a small group. Right? That is a way of service. That is a way of, of, of serving and loving the other women in our church and in our community. Amen? That takes preparation. Danny. You know, Dar- Danny spent some time recently and he said, okay, this wall needs to be painted. We're going to get this straight. He got a pressure washer. He went out there and brick by brick, he what? He pressure washed that building and he prepared it to get painted. Now, granted, he didn't know we were going to be in a season of rain, but it's okay. Eventually the rain will pass and things will dry out and that wall will get painted. Amen. Then you have Jimmy. Now, one thing I want to mention about Jimmy that I hadn't thought of thus far is in a previous ministry post, I was given a name tag. And my title in that ministry was hashtag, that's in social media, so hashtag whatever you need. That, that was my position, hashtag whatever you need. And when I began to think about how do you be a contributor, how do you serve, and I began to think about Jimmy, then I would make Jimmy a name tag that says hashtag whatever you need, amen? Because whether it's electrical, Jimmy's done it. Whether it's uh, working on the door and making sure the door latch works, Jimmy's done it. Uh, there was a plumbing issue, uh, Jimmy fixed that. Uh, there's a stage up here that the Christmas tree sat on, Jimmy did that. Um, there's, you know, teaching on Sunday nights, Jimmy did that, right? And so 
whatever you need. Guys, what if that became, it's not to be like me or to be like Jimmy, but to be more like Christ. And what if we came to church and what if our name tag just said hashtag whatever you need? Right? How can I serve you? How can I help you take a next step? How can I help you grow in your understanding of Christ? How can I pray for you? Right? What would the church look like? What would our community look like if we were to take that mentality? Then I, take, I think about Terry and Cindy. Terry and Cindy prepare a meal for the emergency shelter. Right? That's a way of serving. That's a way of giving back. That's a sacrifice. They could be at home watching Madlock or in the heat of the night, but they're not. They're at the church and they're preparing a meal. Right? And they're going and they're loving and they're serving other people. Think about Miss Helen. Miss Helen visits the shut-ins. She visits those in the nursing home and those that are that can't come to church. What a special ministry that she has. And guess what? The thing I love about Miss Helen was she didn't just go along, but she said, come on, you're going to go with me and we're going to go visit these people. Right? I want you... And as I thought about this, and, and last person that kind of wrote down on my list was Sherry. You know, Sherry has a passion for the youth. And so she said, okay, even when we have a few, let's reboot our youth group. I want to love and to encourage the youth. But see, friends, and, and I'm cautious because in a minute I'm going I'm to give you a list. But sometimes it's not me giving you a list more so than just being still and being quiet and saying, okay, God, what have you called me to do? Ask yourself that. What have you called me to do specifically? Talk about a group effort and being a contributor, right? We had the ice cream social. That's a way of serving. That's a way of giving. We invited people in and let them listen to good music, and then we went over and we had a great time. We Christmas decorations, people brought those. Jimmy's family uh, came and set up, made sure that we had a beautiful way to uh, worship. And then we had the snow cone day where we served our community. But I have a word of caution for you this morning as well. And I've heard this said, and and I'm going to share the numbers with you. But I've heard it, and you might have heard this too, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. You ever heard that? That 20% of the people do 80% of the work. So I want you to think about Bible Fellowship Church. Last Sunday morning, we had 39 people. Nine of those were kids. So that means we had 30 adults. 20% of that is six people. Now, who, who's consuming and who's contributing? Who's consuming and who's contributing? Because here's the thing. We should all be contributors. Amen? In some small way. We have to find a way to serve God, whether it's here, especially here within the church, but also within our homes and within our community. We're all called to contribute. We're all called to serve. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. I loved when you're preparing messages and, and when you're when you're focused on what God is having you focused on. And, and we talked about in the song that we've sung the last two weeks, about Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You know, it says, we sing, let us become more aware of your presence. Right? Let us become more aware of your presence. In, in our uh, men's Bible study at my house, Bill can tell you that 
you know, the, the material that we've been working through is lining right up with what we're talking about here. That when we walk into the unknowns, when we walk into when we're afraid, and we walk into situations where we're like, we don't, it's going to be messy, then that's where we need God most. Amen? And that's where we're going to see God most. And so the thing that I want to remind you of, and I'm thankful of, when we were having a conversation with Mark and Joanne Mackey, a few weeks ago before they spoke in the fellowship hall and then they came and spoke at church, listen to what Mark said. Mark said, if you're looking for a church where you can serve, you'll find one. You'll find many. If you're looking for a church where you can serve, you will find one. And you'll find many. There are so many opportunities for us to serve. And so what are some ways that you can serve others? What are, the, what are some ways that you can serve here at Bible Fellowship Church? What are some ways that you can serve in your community? Well, I'm glad you asked. So I'm going to give you a list. And, and these, this is not an all-inclusive list, right? Some of you, thank you, uh, filled out your Connect card last week and you gave me some of these. But here are some ways you can serve. Nursery and children's workers, right? There's always a need. There's always a need for there to be nursery and children's workers. Amen? You can lead a small group. You can sing a song. All right, if there's a song that, that you enjoy singing, you don't have to be an award-winning um, song person, but you, you come to me and just say, hey, I want, I want to sing this song. Sing it. Right? Because you're not singing to us, you're singing to the Lord, and, and he's touched you by that song. You can paint, as Brother Danny showed us. You can pass out bulletins. You can hold a door. You can greet others. You can pick up behind yourself, right? I mean, not just in the sanctuary, but when we come to other events, guys, don't come to church to be served. Pick up behind yourselves. You know, papers and bottles and all kinds. It amazes me sometimes what people leave behind. Pick up behind yourself. We're not here to be your maid. Right? That's not Linda's job. Her job is to tidy everything up. But just because we have a custodian doesn't mean, hey, let's see if she'll pick this up or let's create more work for us, right? Or for her. How about a way you can serve is to cook a meal, cook a pie, cook a cake. Right? You can write a letter, write a note. You can visit a shut-in. You can visit the hospital. Back to cooking a meal or a cake. You know, y'all have done that. Someone's had surgery or somebody's sick. Or for our emergency shelter, it's like, hey, let's get together and let's make a meal. You can pray. That's a way that you can serve. You can help with the youth. You, there might be a project that you see that needs to be done. Brother Jimmy has, has said before, if there's something you feel like you know the Lord wants you to do and that you're great at doing, come to him and say, hey, this is what I think we should do. If, if you're good at a certain kind of maintenance, if you like painting, if you like cleaning, we'll put you to work. We'll let you serve, Right? Because that's what it's about. It's about serving God, serving others, serving His church. You can volunteer at United Ministries. You could volunteer at the Sumter Pregnancy Center. You can set up and clean up for events. And can I stop there and say that, you know, I put the challenge out as we've had other events in the fellowship hall and said, you know, and you've heard me say it many times again, and I'll say it again and again and again, many hands makes light work, right? So when we've had events, I've challenged y'all, pick up your table. Right? Pick up whatever trash that you see and let's do this together. Don't leave it for that 20%. Don't leave it for that six. 
But it goes faster, doesn't it? Right? And those six that have typically, you know, I don't want to host this event because I'm going to have to clean up. Well, no. Everybody can clean up. Right? Everybody can clean up. Everybody can pick up behind themselves. Little things, guys. It's not big, big things. Another way you can serve is by donating supplies. If social media is your thing, we have social media. Maybe you can help with that. Maybe you're a knitter or a sewer. There are things that you can do with those. You can help decorate. You can help widows. You can offer transportation. Right? Jay and Tammy, what do they do? They got their truck and they said, okay, let's see how many people we can fit in here. You know, they fit so many, they had to leave one behind. Here's another way you can serve the schools. You know, people say that um, people, people don't, people are not receptive to the gospel being in the schools. And they're not. But guess what? The schools have swung the door wide open and said, hey, we need people to serve. We need people to be lunch buddies. We need people to be reading buddies, right? That's a way for you to go into the school. They've Crossville Drive. We already have connection with them. They're, they're hungry and thirsty for people to serve, people to love. There's an opportunity to serve. Just to go to listen and, and listen to a kid read. And, and can I tell you that I've heard stories where, you know, one little boy, this was in Charleston, a pastor from Charleston was sharing the story, and he had he was reading Buddy, and I think he went like every two weeks. And so he was running late from a meeting, and he got there, and this little guy was like in tears. And he was sobbing. Why? Because he didn't think that his reading buddy was coming that day. Right? Because they looked forward to seeing him. They looked forward to um, being invested in. Another way you can serve is care packages, right? I'll I'll be glad to supply you with this list, but as I've seen elsewhere, a great way that you can serve is to just do a little care package, especially as we get into the the spring and the summer, you know, and that's to maybe put a few of these things, listen to this list, a granola bar, maybe a snack cake, applesauce, water bottle, socks, hand wipes, lifesavers, chapstick, deodorant, hand lotion, dental floss, a handwritten note, a book. Maybe a list of resources and why. So maybe when you're out and about and somebody says, hey, I'm hungry or hey, I have a need. What if you already had these uh, Ziploc bags, these freezer Ziploc bags with things ready to give them to say, look, I don't have any money that I can give you. But, hey, I got this and it's got a bottle of water and a granola bar and a book and, you know, some deodorant, some socks. I don't know. Do they use all of it? Do they throw it in the trash? I don't know. But that's a way to serve, right? And to be prepared. Because that's part of our journey in service is that we just have to begin to think things through and we have to um, prepare. We have to ask the Lord as, as we sing, you know, Lord, make us more aware of your presence. Make us. So what if your prayer this morning became, Lord, give me an opportunity to serve? Right? Or give me an opportunity to, to serve someone else. Give me an opportunity to love somebody else. Give me an opportunity to make a difference today for you in the life of someone else. As I was preparing for this message, there's a book that I have called Lord Use Me, 50 devotionals about loving God and serving people. And I was I was preparing for this message. Again, God aligns all the stuff that I cannot align Listen to this devotional that I read. This world can be a troubling place, a place where so many things seem to be going wrong. 
that we feel as though we cannot change anything. But if we think that we are powerless to change the world, we are mistaken. There's always a way to serve God. And by serving Him, we develop a biblical worldview that helps us to see ways in which we can effectively communicate with our culture the infinite love and mercy of our Savior. God calls upon each of us to act in accordance with His will and with obedience to His commandments. If we are to be responsible followers, we must realize that it is never enough to hear the instructions of God. We must also live by them. And it is never enough to wait idly by while others do God's work here on earth. We too must serve Him. What a challenging reminder, right? That we can make a difference. Not us, it's God through us. And so I want to, I want to close today's message and I want to ask you this question. A series of questions, but mainly this question. How do we create a culture of serving? How do we create a culture of serving? Can I ask you to step back just a second and and ask what is culture? Culture is values plus behavior. That's what a culture is. Values plus behavior. So if we say we're a welcoming church, do we just say that? Or do we do that? If we say we're a disciple-making church, is that just a value? Or do we have behaviors that support that? If we want to be a church that impacts its community, that's a value. But do we have the behavior to support that? Friends, God is calling us to go deeper in a lot of areas. But this morning... I hope that you realize he is calling us to go deeper in service for him, to him, and to others. Right? We can say that we want to be a church that reaches his community. And that's a great aspiration. But is our money where our mouth is? our feet where our mouth is. So I just challenge you this morning to go deeper in your service to God and to others. Because He has created you uniquely. He has brought you through things that other people in this room right now have not been through. And there are going to come opportunities and times for you to be able to use all that God has done in your life. And will you step into that relationship? Will you step into that situation and serve Him 
and to love others well. Let's pray. Father God, help us as we talk about serving. Lord, help us just to remember that you came not to be served, but to serve. And Lord, if we're to make an impact for our community, an impact in in the lives of those you place around us, then God, we need to be all about seeking you, going deeper in our relationship with you through prayer and through studying your word, through giving so that your word might be spread. But Lord, that we may put our feet and our hands into action into our own community. Lord, that we may serve and love others well. Lord, give us the strength. Give us eyes and ears and a heart to see the needs around us. Lord, sometimes it's not saying the right thing, or being able to do the right thing, but just showing up in your strength and with your love. So, Father, help us to be about serving and loving you and others well. Lord, during this time, as we sing this song, as we close out this service, prick our hearts for where we can go deeper in serving you. Lord, we thank you and love you. Amen.